Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 100, recorded live on Wednesday, May 6th, 2009. And here are your hosts. In this corner, wearing the orange shorts, weighing in at 135 pounds and 6 feet tall, the Arbiter from Ann Arbor, the University of Michigan Marauder, David Pillay. Hi. In the other corner, wearing the green shorts, it's the 5 foot 9 inch, 133 pounds, killer from Kalamazoo, the warrior from the west side of Michigan, Andy Lowe! Woo! Hi, 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 And in the random third corner, wearing blue, 5 feet 11 inch, 145 pounds, he thinks, the Texas Titan, the Slayer from the South, Johnny Nero! All going down. Is it kind of weird to you, Andy, that Johnny is between our heights but weighs more than either of us? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're right. Yeah, I, I might have lost weight. I, like I said, I don't know. I'm a beanpole, so. Yeah, but so are Andy and I. <laughs> True. It's right around that five foot, five upper five, lower six, 130, 140 pound range. Gosh, we are all such lightweights. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're definitely probably going to be in the featherweight category. Feather so. if you're lucky. <laughs> We're like a like carbon nanotube weight. <laughs> wait, wait. Let me check the list of boxing weight classes on Wikipedia. I was going to say. Oh, come on. Featherweight's got to be the lightest. Nope. Lightweight. Lightweight is lighter than featherweight? Wait, what? Oh, um, sorry. 135 is, uh, looks like it's featherweight, lightweight range. Okay. So that's about where I would be. Yeah. On a good day. Depending on which boxing uh, association we're with. Okay. If we were at the Olympics, we would all be in the lightweight, wel- light welterweight category. Andy, if we were in the Olympics, we would not be allowed to compete. <laughs> Actually, For our we, own safety, just, we would not be allowed. <laughs> I was going to say, we probably just lose badly. Yeah, that too. So, we have a guest. Yes. It Hopefully. our... It's it's the specialness for a hundredth anniversary hundredth anniversary now. Show you, hey, God forbid. I've been along for a long time. Oh God, <laughs> I cannot. No, I. You know, I will be lucky to be breathing in a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess ninety eight years, but still, it's it's way down the road. Yeah, how about a hundredth episode? Yeah, that works a whole lot better. Now, is this? This is or is not actually the hundred because we like lost an episode and we've had an extra, right? Actually, technically, if you've lost an episode and then you've had an extra, then right, be that even. Well, except we did record the lost episode; it just got lost. lost. Oh, okay, something happened with the audio. And- yeah, it it was it just became a mess very quickly. It was it was unrescuable. I know that feeling. It was beyond repair. I took it out back and shot it. 12 gauge it's an audio file i i didn't even need a 22 i just have a delete key shift delete right or did you did you recycle it or did you delete it andy i don't know (laughs) well you probably reformatted since then so it's probably yeah Yeah, it's true yeah it's a long that was over a year ago Mm -hmm. so i probably had two reformats in that time so welcome johnny to our 100th episode thank you for joining us 
Thank you. Good. Great to be here. Uh, some of you may remember Johnny from our as the guy who talked too much. Super ridiculously long three part packs episode. The show that would not end. Which I've tried to do again for PAX, so <laughs> if anyone wants to join in. I'm in. <laughs> Dave, didn't you have to get up like three hours after we finished recording in order to get to the ho- the airport? I didn't actually technically after didn't have to go, recording. get up. Yeah. Yeah, the answer is yes, but I didn't actually go to sleep. I just kind of sat there. <laughs> no, I remember a- after that, I was uh, down in the lobby hanging out with uh, with Broken Angel and using the internet down there, and you just come walking by, and I'm just like, wow, you haven't slept, have you? <laughs> <laughs> and that was when I was on my way to the cab. Oh. And then, I, and then I woke up by myself, waited <laughs> for Mo to check out of the freaking hotel so I could go pick up the van. Sorry. It's my bad impression of a violin. <laughs> oh, it's good to have someone else on. So 100 episodes, Dave. What have you learned in 100 episodes, Andy? Don't do a podcast. <laughs> um, I've, well, I've learned what you don't need for a podcast and what you do need for a podcast. I wonder if we should write a book, our first 100. Do you really want to write a book, Dave? No. Do you have time to write a book? Yes. Really? I thought you... Oh, wait, because, yeah, you're done with classes, aren't you? Yes. No more student teaching for you until... Until I have a class of my own. Are you taking summer classes? Uh, I am, but they aren't going to be education. They're computer science related. Why are you taking comp sci classes? Because I have a comp sci minor. Oh. And I need to finish it before I can get certified. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Johnny, how many episodes is Epic Default up to? Um, right now I'm working on the 16th. And like Anthony, like Andy said earlier, it's one of those episodes that's just, I'm, I'm trying to keep it alive currently. <laughs> you won't Critical. die on me now! Not after all this time! Your, your episode well, is in critical condition? Pretty much. It, actually, I'm sorry. It's technically episode 15. We had another lost episode, but it's the one where we're interviewing Amy Akada and... Uh, she forgot to use headphones. Oh, oh, oh! I can feel that pain from thousands of miles away. Yeah, it is really that painful. Because I still remember the first episode where Dave and I were like two feet away from each other, and you could just <laughs> hear it go back and forth. Oh, that was so fun! Well, yeah, I remember those days. Granted, we did record a podcast by putting a desk mic on the middle of a bed. And that it was worked. It worked, actually. I was kind of surprised yeah. with that. Was that our first? Oh, that was right. That was the super episode. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. the PAX episode. <laughs> it wasn't actually that bad. I'm actually going to, I'm working my way back through all my podcasts again now that I have time to actually listen to them. And I'm just waiting to get to that PAX point because I'm now finally back in 2008. You're insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I think that whole night was insane, honestly, so... Yeah. Well, it's PAX. What part of PAX is not insane? I was going to say getting there, but then the CCST occurred. Yeah. <laughs> um, going home? Well, that's basically that's, the CCST and reviewers without the huge caravan to back you up. Right. Um, 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 the food? The food is usually not insane. Depends on where you go. Oh, well, yeah. I guess that one poor pizza guy. The pizza yeah. guy who got shut down, the subway that got shut down, the Dairy Queen that was out of everything by 9 o'clock in the morning the year before we got there. <laughs> Even um, food at PAX, there was an insane edge to it. Yeah. Yeah. The relaxing at PAX. I dare you to find some way to make relaxing insane. 
um, a mountain of sumos. Damn it, Son Johnny. Of a bitch, I knew you were going to come up with that. I had that on the tip of my tongue. It wasn't even a mountain of sumos. Last year in the, the free play hall, it was like a, a, a field of sumos. Oh, and then you got to pile all the sumos together, and then you'll have a mountain of sumos. But yeah, even... Okay, relaxing is insane. The the exo hall is insane. The number of people oh, no. is insane. I got to tell you something about the sumos. Pork Fry sent me a video of uh, them setting up packs. Yeah. They got all the sumos. They loaded them up in the middle of, I think it was BYOC. Just all the sumos that were there in one gigantic pile. Oh, God. And the video is him climbing to the top and then just landing <laughs> it. And I just wanted to kill him at that moment in time. <sighs> or if you threw a P in there, if anybody would notice. Sum up. A what? What? Putting a P in the sumo. Sum up. Oh. I don't get it still. The that's okay. P. Yeah. All right. So. That's, that's fine. <laughs> should we hit topics? I say we shall. I mean, we. I suppose we could just have an entire episode about reminiscing about packs, but I think our I think we've done that before. That. Okay, yeah. so we're actually going to go to actual topics now. <laughs> okay. Oh, Dave, where do you want to start? Well, I, I think the top is a pretty good place. Peter Moore, the former voice of the Xbox, now the voice of EA Sports. It, I'm still just so amused by that shift. From Xbox to EA Sports? Yeah. <laughs> From, like, head of the uh, the Microsoft Entertainment Division to EA Sports. How is that odd? I don't know. It, it just seems kind of like stepping down. Really? <laughs> It seems so to me. See, I, I mean, I think I think EA Sports like is the moneymaker of all the gaming companies. So yeah, it's unfortunately true. So. You you have all those things that come up year after year after year. But I mean, that's you're you're looking at making money. I'm thinking about influence within the industry. Oh, true. Yeah, and being the like the head of Microsoft's entertainment division, it's hard to get much higher than that. But I mean, look at it now. I mean, they're. They're coming to him to talk about things that have nothing to do with EA Sports, so he obviously still True. has that influence. Well, because he's a really knowledgeable person. <laughs> so they sat down with him and had a, just a, a nice general chat, nice little interview. It's actually pretty interesting. There's a, there's a couple of points that I wanted to prick out here. Was he talks of, he talks about the annual franchise sort of thing, like FIFA, NHL, NCAA, Madden, NCAA basketball. Talks about that for a bit, but then it's also on the second page. It's one of these things that says the guy asked him. He told me last year that EA Sports was a company that believes ultimately every consumer will go online. There's a 65% adoption rate for online usage with the EA Sports games. It does a game have to be online capable now in order for it to be a success? I think so, honestly. Um, it, I guess it would depend on your definition of success. Well, it's true. it's like there. I don't know what it is about now, especially with like. I think with WoW showing up and then taking off with an MMO, it being online, being a multiplayer game, I think everybody else is going, oh, look, there is a giant online community that would love to play our games. Right. So, like, but, every every game that comes out now, basically, except but for... But at the same time, I mean, like, Bioshock didn't have an online element. Yeah, but I think that's the exception to the rule. I mean, True. I think I think that's the only way that it could be a success is something that is... Is somewhat new with a really great story uh, that you don't need the online gameplay to have fun with. Because most of the games, I mean, let's be honest, most of the games that are out there are really multiplayer have, games. Yeah, and really don't have a very fun single-player option. March 16th, 2009. According to reports, the new Game Informer magazine with the first bits of information on Bioshock 2 includes oh, yeah. multiplayer. multiplayer. 
And then they retracted that and said that they meant multi-platform, which was interesting. But uh, then they went back and said, yes, it has multiplayer. So actually, no one really knows what's going on with that. Right. So Bioshock 2 would have multiplayer. Dead Rising is going to have supposedly multiplayer. Well, yeah, and Dead Rising Final Fantasy Thirteen isn't. That's going to be a success. That's because it's Final Fantasy, and there are people who will buy a piece of poo that says Final Fantasy on it. But but think about it. Final Fantasy typically is known for really good stories. Bioshock was a really good story. Story. Yeah. So you say it has to have either story or multiplayer to be a success. Yeah. Either one of those, if they have the combination, would probably be a, a really really big success. Honestly, in my opinion. Well, that would be World of Warcraft, but. <clears throat> Yeah. Wait, you um, actually there's there's story in World of Warcraft. I just click next every time a scroll. Yeah, I pops know up. you do, you bastard. Read the lore. <laughs> it's a good story. It's a Blizzard game. So so they don't release games. Well, they haven't lately. What, what is so special about the lore of getting ten of X items? Or actually, sorry, X of Y items. X of Why y. do you need those items? Why are those items so special? Does it really matter? You just want well, to get the X number of Y items, bring it back to Z N P C to get You know Andy, I ran out of letters in the alphabet. Andy, take one ring, right? X of Y, one ring to Mount Doom. Okay. I just simplified the Lord of the Rings into a single quest. Yep. <laughs> but that's that's one of those quests that's got the multiple parts. Okay, a lot of these had multiple parts, too. But it's still, like, there's some of the quests that are just grinding quests, and there's no other point to it. Yeah, I'm not, argu- I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, that's, that's totally true. You get out to Hellfire, and they say, kill 20 boars. And, well, quite honestly, if you really think about it, if you really want to simplify it, the Lord of the Rings, Rings quest is uh, kind of a grinding quest as well. Uh, well, it depends on which part. Are you talking about the hobbits or the the men? The hobbits. They didn't do much grinding. See, I'd honestly think that just walking from place to place and not really doing much of anything is kind of a grind. At least that's how I define grind. No, their their quest was stealth. Their quest was to get there unnoticed. They kind of fucked it up a couple times, but they were trying to get there without being seen or noticed. I that would be okay. Coming from experience, now working with the Census Bureau, having to walk. <laughs> Large distances, yeah, for hours like, on end. I wonder if someone's done a scale for for the Shire to Mordor and placed that against the U.S. I'm sure it's at least walking across the U.S. At least they were on horses for a bit, though. Yes, and rivers for another part. Yeah, but still, that's it's a long walk. <laughs> it's just like that time I took my level fourteen priest from Elwyn Forest up to Plaguelands. Yeah. Where did you start from? No, your priest. It was you, so it probably would have been Ironforge. Mm. Was it a dwarven priest? No, it was a human priest. All right, then from Elwyn Forest. God, why do you make me talk about WoW? <laughs> Stay out of it for two years. Trust me, it'll go out. It'll completely leave your mind. Oh, I, I'm. I honestly have no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> it, it... Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> I I still have little bits of it, but I don't even actually remember which side of the world the plague lands are on anymore. I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. Oh, it feels so good to be free of that wench. Eve turned six today. Eve turned six? Eve turned six, and they hit 300,000 subscribers. Yay. <laughs> 
Well, we're talking about MMOs. I figured I should mention that. Um, well, happy I love how Eve. like 300,000 is probably a pretty good number for Eve. Oh, it's a fantastic number. And then WoW. Yeah. With, like, and then you're like, WoW is in the millions. And you're just like, in, in a well, In a WoW-less world, that would be a huge success. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean that in the portal way. I actually mean huge success. <laughs> Making a note here. Dave, stop it. <laughs> stop it before you even start. Too late. I, know. Uh, I should amend that, by the way, to 300,000 active subscribers. Okay, so WoW is still... Like 15 million. <laughs> if, you, if you talk about active and inactive, WoW is probably way higher. All right, so getting back to the article at hand. Sorry. I'm trying Peter to... Peter Moore? Moving, yeah. Move, Peter Moore also actually says that game retailers should follow the iTunes model. Where instead what is, of like selling the actual boxes with the games there, you should just buy Xbox Live cards at retailers. So you can purchase the games online with digital distribution. That'd be kind of cool. Although at that point, what's the purpose of having the stores? <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yet. But it's... Oh, it'll probably go into something like where you see iTunes cards now. Like you can just walk into a grocery store somewhere and you can grab iTunes cards. I mean, if they did something like that. Yeah. It would be nice. I mean, as far as things like pre-orders and shortages, you, know, you wouldn't have to wait in a, a ridiculously long line only to find out that they sold their last copy of Halo. Yeah, but at the same time, it also cut back on the economy, too. A lot of jobs would be lost. True. But do we really need jobs. those jobs? Um, I have a feeling that the people who are in those jobs would argue yes. <laughs> But it's it's almost I, I right was, now that if I could, I would just buy everything off of Amazon. You almost can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, mean, I can, can buy grocery shopping. I can buy. Yeah, I was just gonna say I can buy a case of SpaghettiOs from Amazon, and it's cheaper. It's actually cheaper with the shipping than it would mm-hmm. be if I actually bought it in the store. Can you buy cuts of meat on Amazon? You Not on Amazon. Can buy you Omaha buy steaks on Omaha steaks. Amazon. Let us see. Omaha Steaks at Amazon. Yes, Dave, you can buy filet mignon on uh, Amazon. You can buy bacon-wrapped filets on Amazon. I remember when you used to be able to go on, like, Kroger.com or some grocery store.com. It's Kroger down here. Mm-hmm. But uh, you could purchase all your stuff, and then you print out the list of the stuff that you bought. You go and grab it. You take it up to the cash register. They check it to make sure everything, and then you just leave. That's kind of nice. I Actually, uh, my brother lives near a grocery store where you can do something similar. You go online. You do your list. And they will go and get all the stuff and have it waiting for you at the front of the store. Now, if we could only just hook that up to our automatic refrigerator, which would need internet access, but... Yeah. Oh, well. It'd be hilarious if the, if the fridge then connected the internet- to the internet gets a virus. <laughs> Turns the temperature up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be horrible. All of our food gets spoiled. That comes out that it was all done by, like, some meatpacking company who hired a hacker to do it so that you'd spoil all your meat would spoil you'd have to go out and buy more yeah so the dairy farmers that's what it is so if you had the automatic refrigerator hooked up to the internet and then you also had an automated delivery service straight to the refrigerator would the internet truly then be a series of tubes well <laughs> i mean the internet right now is pretty much a series of tubes yeah but there's no People actual can, like there's no actual tube yeah it's a metaphorical tube Right. If there was an actual two, that would also be kind of cool. <laughs> that would be really sick. You know what? Okay. Uh, could you imagine what would happen if the tube actually did get clogged, though? <laughs> With like, where's my food? <laughs> I was thinking too globally about this. What we need is an automatic you fridge. Shirt, you get a shirt delivered to your door. It smells strangely of beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
God. Okay. I have to tell this story because it's kind of funny. My brother, for Christmas, always tells us that he wants the craziest things. Like one year, he said he wanted a clapper, so I got him the clapper. Um, I thought you were about to say he wanted the clap. No. (laughs) Who wants that? I don't know. I don't know either. Your brother was very close. Um, But one year, my sister asked him what he wanted for Christmas, and he said a wheel of Limburger cheese. Well, there's a cheese shop in Celine. Well, there was at the time called Otto's Cheese Shop. My sister went there. Um bought a wheel of Limburger cheese, a small one, threw out the Limburger cheese because it smelled horrible, then um, put all his Christmas presents in the cheese wheel box, and then wrapped that up, put it under the tree. So my brother actually opened up his Christmas presents. He thought he had actually gotten a wheel of Limburger cheese. Oh, that's disgusting. And the kicker is, after like three weeks, everything that was in that box still smelled like Limburger cheese. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That is is terrible. Oh, it's hilarious, though. It's horrifying. <laughs> I think there was, like, some shirts and some other stuff in there, too. It was just, it all oh, smelled God. like Limburger cheese. It'd be really funny to have him wear one of those and walk in, like, a pet store. Oh, God. And then two months later, in a completely unrelated event, Febreze stock went up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of stock. Stock? Stock? Stocks. Stocks. Stocks? Yeah, whatever. Walt Disney bought 30% of Hulu. I didn't know. Is Hulu public or is that was this like a behind closed doors private deal? Maybe it was behind closed door private deal. Okay. Because Hulu's owned by what? Uh, NBC. News Corps and NBC. Yeah. And now evidently Disney. Yeah. So you've got ABC, NBC, and Fox all able to put their shows on Hulu. And Disney. Disney is more than just ABC. Yeah. So you'll have and then who actually links to CBS's site? So mm-hmm. yeah, um, CBS so, is trying to push their TV.com that they bought yeah, they CNET way too much money for. Yeah. So who's left? CBS is left. Uh, Warner is left. Mm, yeah. uh, Viacom is sort of there, sort of not. They haven't That's, really committed. Yeah. Um, you have some Comcast-based networks that probably still need to get on there. Does Comcast actually own networks? Yes. Who do you That's think kind of, destroyed Tech TV? I don't know. I actually never really watched Tech TV. So Tech is, TV was so owned by uh, um, Steve Allen mm-hmm. from Microsoft fame. Comcast owned G4. Steve Allen wanted to get out of Tech TV because it was going nowhere. He got bored with it, basically. So he yeah, sold he it to Comcast. That. Comcast combined it with G4. So it was G4 Tech TV. And then they, after a little bit, they just dropped the whole Tech TV part. Yeah. So yes, okay. Comcast actually does own... Some TV stations, but Comcast has their own the online e-network. site. That means they're the E network because I actually tried to see if maybe I can get a job at G four last year, and uh, and I had to go to this website that had like E Bravo. It wasn't Bravo. Just a bunch of different networks, but it was like all under the E mm-hmm. television kind of thing. So Comcast owns that too. So I do have That's to say for the, the 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 niceness of having Hulu out there. I'm still using BitTorrent, and I, okay. don't, I don't know why. I think it, it's just something. I think there's something about just being able to own it, you know, to have it with you that yeah. you can just pull it up at any time instead of having to rely on an internet connection. Well, it's also that they don't keep all the episodes online. They only keep the last X number of episodes. Right. Because I wanted to. I knew Rescue Me was on there, and I wanted to watch Rescue Me from the beginning because I caught a new episode and I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to get the backstory. But none of the old episodes were on there. So I had to go to BitTorrent and then download them all. And also, I swear BitTorrent's actually faster than Hulu. 
Well, it certainly gets on the like, yeah. People upload it to BitTorrent far faster than Hulu. Yes. A lot of Hulu shows take a week to eight days to get up there. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, because I would watch it on Hulu if I could watch it after it's aired, not have to wait and wait. Well, having gotten rid of my TV, I'd actually be really happy if they posted it simultaneously. <laughs> like that's ever going to happen. Honestly, I don't think that's ever, ever, ever going to happen. No, probably. Well, ever is a long time. The only time that it would get posted on the internet the same time as it gets posted on TV is if there are no TV stations. If that uh, makes any sense. Well, Andy, here's the thing. There's already stuff that's been simulcast on Hulu. Oh, you can't count the presidential, democratic, inauguration. And Republican conventions and the inauguration but, as a... Those are basically... But that shows just, that it's... Go ahead. I... <laughs> I was thinking those are trying to be like test beds to see if it's even possible to see if they... Yeah, and from what I, I recall, they were rather successful. It's only a matter of time before we're just hooked up directly to the wall. Yeah, there actually are TVs that are having Ethernet uh, jacks built into them now. Mm-hmm. Us I, as I think people. he was talking about us, like, oh, your brain will be plugged into the wall. Except it'll be a figurative wall, because it'll all be wireless. True. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell, anyone? Cybermen, anyone? Yeah. Oh, God, what was that one? Crap. No, I don't remember it. Neuro something. Neuro slicer, maybe? I don't know. I, okay. I don't Anyways. Know. Next. Next. Are What's we moving next? on? Sure. Let's move on. The Chicago Tribune doesn't care what its subscribers think about their news stories. Okay. I honestly think this is kind of ass-backwards. Where if you, ha- you have an audience, and the audience really isn't growing because it's a newspaper. Right. Wouldn't your main concern be is keeping your subscri- subscribers there for... Um, uh, well, I don't know, Andy. I mean, how how much do we listen to our subscribers on stuff for the podcast? Well, I have I read the forums, unlike somebody else I know. <laughs> Who could you be talking about, Andy? Surely not me. But it it seems so ass-backwards. They're just like, it does. we don't care... What anybody thinks about our stuff, we're going to print it anyway, and that just seems mm-hmm. well, that could be that could be good and bad because if, if they're truly saying they don't care what anybody thinks, that means that they're going to actually print whatever they want to print, which could be good or could both good and bad because you might see some stories that you may never see before, which could have some information, and then you may some see some stories that you may never want to see right at the same time. I mean, the media has become such uh, it, it's a circle about how it drives public opinion, but public opinion drives it that it's kind of nice to see a group in the media say, you know what, screw it. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah, and if they approach it like that, I mean, more power to them, in my opinion. But this now, is coming from a company that has been previously forced to seek Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Their track record says that this is not working. Yep. Okay, I'm, all, ab- I'm all about trying. standing by your values, but if you're on a sinking ship, believing that the ship is still the right ship, even though it's sinking, the ship is going to sink. No matter, you have to bail out the water in order to keep the ship afloat. Or you can just grab your violin and just keep playing. Yep. Which is what the Chicago Tribune is doing. Captain goes down with the ship. Now, okay, I do have to say that there is a flip side to this where. It, they, they, yes, I agree with some of the values that they don't want legal and other ethical issues to kind of go against their journalism ability. Journalistic makes, integrity? Yes, that's what I was looking for there. 
You're yeah. welcome. So I do see that there's that point of it. But if the marketing department is asking readers what they think about the stories that they're reading there, people who are paying them, I would want to value that opinion. But I guess but the, the, the people don't. Well, here's here's what they say is that is that they're saying that here's what the guy Ed, Edmonds, uh, Rick Edmonds, uh, who's a business analyst, is he, he actually explains it pretty well. He says, now more than ever, we have people say, saying we have to be sensitive to what our readers want. It seems a little odd to be putting it to a vote before the fact. I mean, it could end up with a story mix more Britney Spears than what is going on in City Hall, which is exactly it. Because if you if you lie too much on your readers, right. all, all they're going to want to hear is you know what's happening in celebrity. They're not going to want to know what's going on in the world, truly. And quite honestly, that's where, in my opinion, I'm going to get kind of on my soapbox. That's kind of where media has been going to. It's less about what's happening with the world and here's the latest celebrity news. Yeah, exactly. You know, beyond that, not to, you know, beat a dead horse or anything, but how was this survey taken? How was this vote taken? The marketing department went out and, um, basically asked subscribers if they wanted to read basically the doping stuff, which are the, and which, like what percentage of people actually responded? Uh, it does not say probably in here yeah the, the people they want to know which readers were surveyed and whether any story has been altered as a result of reader comment so they haven't been officially announced how many readers were doing this or anything like that right i don't know it's it's a tough thing because yes it is no it, it really is because if you think I mean, about it, it's like most of the most of the big news stories that, that have been broken like the, the really big ones wasn't from the public the public wasn't interested until the news broke the information. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I could see that where it's there's a point where you need to listen to your readers in order to keep them. Because if you're just putting out stuff that nobody wants to read, they're not going to renew their subscription. But then there's also the fact that you got to you have to have you have and to the be looking for the story. Is, is a good example. I mean, it was kind of founded with these principles of we are here for the good of the people. Plus, the general idea is that, you know, it's news, news media talks, news media talks, news media talks, news media talks, news media. Everyone shares the same story. I mean, you go on CNN, CNN Fox News, MSNBC, you know, all those all those different places. You're going to see the same stories. And that's because all they do is they talk to each other. Someone finds out this, you know, has a story and then, and then the people call them and say, OK, what do you found out about it? And it just does that kind of thing. And you, you've lost that whole journalistic integrity where people actually go out and find the stories and interview the people themselves and get their own – have so, formed their own opinion off of it. Do you, guys, like do you guys think that this might lead to a new kind of reporter? How so? Whereas uh, previously reporters have been – it's, it's kind of like the AP where you have an AP reporter uh, who just – I mean basically does whatever they want. And sells it back to a central authority. So instead of having a Fox reporter, a New York Times reporter, etc., you'll have a reporter, a freelancer, basically. Yeah, that this is like the rise of the the great freelance era. Dave, have you read the Ann Arbor News? Uh, no. Do you know that the Ann Arbor News is yes. going out of print? Yes. Yeah. Have you noticed though? If you go out and oh, get an AP. Amber News right now, yeah, get an Amber News right now. It's all Knight Ritter. It's all Reuters. It's all AP stuff. Uh, except the local stuff. Well, yes, there is but some local, Eddie, but that's the Ann Arbor News. Okay, go grab a go grab a Freep. Go grab a. Um, oh, go grab a New York Times. Okay, yeah, the New York the Gray Lady is its own special entity. You're talking like the New York Times, the LA. Well, go grab a Chicago Tribune. I'm. Not, I'd have to drive two hours <laughs> to do it. 
So these are, are large news entities that have a staff of reporters. They can do investigative journalism because they've got the people they can assign to it. I don't know. It's like I've said before, I kind of joined the telecommunications era right now because I knew that everything is up in the air. It's a complete. Yeah, it's all changing. Yeah. There's more unquestionability right now than when TV first jumped onto the picture, even before like when cable first jumped on here. This is it's a whole new ball game for everybody. Newspapers, TVs, radio, the Internet. It's it's a crazy world out there. Yeah. Speaking of cable, oh, look at that one. Oh, turns out the problem with cable is cable. The problem with cable is cable. Well, cable TV. A rock yeah. is a rock is a, I'm, okay. Because a rock is a stone. <laughs> yes, it is. What is the difference between a rock and a stone? I'm not sure. I think size. I don't know. Because a rock can be really any size. I pick up a pebble and it's a rock. Yeah, but I think a, I think a stone is like is a certain size. Huh. I, I do remember a stone is a measurement of weight. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Okay. I don't think rock is a measurement of weight. So the problem, Andy, problem with cable is cable. Tell uh, me. Oh, side note, uh, Webster defines rock as a large mass of stone. So, okay, a rock is made of stone. Right. Check. Anyway, um, okay, so the cost of providing broadband internet is getting lower and lower just because it's the way really? technology works. It's Technology gets cheaper and cheaper. Okay. My bank account isn't showing that. What? My bank account isn't showing yeah. that. Well, that's the thing, though, is the, um, the cable operators have to pay for the rights to get the programming like MTV, CNN, ESPN – all those other cable, the E Network, Bravo, Lifetime, Lifetime Movie Channel, Univision, Gem TV, Discovery TLC, all those cable networks. The the cable companies have to pay for it, and this is interesting. This article even points out the money the cable operators pay for the rights to the channels like MTV, CNN, and ESPN eat up just under four dollars of every ten dollars they take in selling the cable networks. Mm-hmm. So. Bit what? Um, slightly more than six. Well, thirty, forty percent of their profits right away go back to paying for the actual programming rights. Right. My my question is, Andy. Yeah. Or Johnny, if you know, are they still making a profit? Um, Time Warner and Comcast both had a growth in revenue over the past uh, year, if I remember correctly. Then you yeah, know what? Try more. Reduce my bill. <laughs> The same calling about gas about a year ago. They were making $20 billion. No, did you, did you guys see that? They're, they made like yeah, $30 billion dollars in profit last, like last year, and now that prices are down. They're still making $10 billion in profit? Yeah. Which means so, that they could still drop it and still make profit? I mean, I mean on the one hand, I, I do feel, yes, these other companies are being greedy. I mean, there's this whole thing, Andy, if you remember, with the Big Ten Network and Comcast. Yeah. And actually, the same thing happened with the NFL Network and Comcast. Um, that the networks wanted it to, uh, yeah, the networks wanted Comcast to put it on their basic subscription and Comcast was saying no. And then Comcast was going and saying, uh, they're just trying to get more money by making everyone pay. Well, everyone is paying anyways, Oh my! but it's, it's both sides just being money hungry and passing the expense on to the consumer. It, 
Speaking of the, and I looked this up just, and it's in the article here too. The National Football League is supposedly reportedly asking for eighty to ninety cents per subscriber per month, even mm-hmm. if they don't have the NFL Network mm-hmm. year round, mind you, not just during football season. And you know what? They'll probably get it. Yeah. Yep. They have the power. I mean, because all the games are property of the NFL Network. Yada yada yeah. yada. ESPN alone accounts for nearly $3 of every monthly cable bill, industry executives say. But sports is expensive, it turns out. Yeah, it's because it's the number one and two thing that people watch on TV. That is true. I, I, I wanted to watch the Wings game yesterday, but I don't have Versus. I can't watch mm-hmm. them. Right. I can't watch the Tour de France because it's on Versus. Damn it. Someone might... Someone told me in high school that, that the economy isn't 50-50 supply and demand. It's more like 25% supply, 75% demand. Hmm. I mean, it's just that like what controls the, the price is supply and demand. Is it 25-75 or what? Yeah, what controls yeah, what controls the price is that you can have you could have a lot of supply and you know, I mean it's the same thing. You have a lot of supply and no demand, you're not gonna really sell it too much, but you could have a significant amount of supply that could fit everyone's needs, but the demand could still be really high for it. And mm-hmm. so you just jack up the price and it doesn't matter if you can sell it to everyone. If right. everyone can have it, you can still jack up the price because people want it so much. Yeah. I mean it's the the really kind of cute thing here is that it's a nearly infinite supply. Yeah. The price is determined almost purely just by the demand. Uh. But yeah, it's it's just the both sides wanting money and passing it along to the consumer. It sucks. It it does suck. The problem with cable isn't cable. The problem with cable is cable companies and cable providers and networks. Yeah. That's the problem with cable. Yeah, we're sitting on 20 megabits per second connections. Yeah, whereas Japan is sitting on what? 120 probably. No, Denmark is sitting at like 120. Yeah. Wasn't it? Basically everybody in the world has better internet access than us. Almost. Which is so, so sad. Come to America, give us your tired, your poor, your held masses, but not those of you who really like internet. (laughs) Side note, um, the next one here is, it's kind of, this is going to be a long article to go over and we really don't have that much time to do it, but it's a really interesting article to read. It's put out by the New Scientist. Um, Eight things you didn't know about the internet, like things about who actually controls the internet, how big is the internet, where are most of the lines, is there only one internet, yada, yada, yada. Eight things you might not know about the internet. Okay, so eight things. Okay, there's some things I didn't know, like where are the net's dark corners? Yes, I know where some of them are. I don't travel there very often, but... Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Uh, The fact that, you know, every email has a carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to run all the routers. The servers. And got to keep them air-conditioned. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool article, though. I mean, there's a lot of neat stuff. It's a, it just takes exactly. ties and browses it through. It's it's pretty uh, interesting per, thing. Yeah, it's it from just looking at the top eight. I'm not delving into it too deeply, but it's looking like almost like it's trying to compare it to the universe. I hope not. Basically. Well, I mean, like they're the saying, universe is rather large. What they're saying is that it's it's literally the internet has become so big that it's much like the universe in that you don't really know what exactly is out there anymore. Right. Yeah, I could see that. There's um. 
It's kind of funny. They're not saying it's the actual universe. They're just comparing it to it. Okay. Even in uh, the number three one, how big is the internet? They actually have um, some of the maps of the internet, like different ways of showing all the the updates from from all the like the underground cables and the the amount of. um, They even have the internet census pictures, one from 2007 and the one from uh, 2008. Yeah, but do they have the maps from XKCD? The maps from XKCD are based off of these. Yeah, but they look so much cooler. How do they look so much cooler than red, green, and blue? XKCD is black and white. Uh, one of them is actually Jesus black and white. Some ones. Here. There's one. Yeah, that's one based off of 2006. Mm-hmm. The other ones are based off... They use the same method, and they're more up-to-date. Why do I still have boxing stuff open? Let me close that. I don't know. Why do you have boxing stuff open? Because I haven't closed all my Firefox tabs yet. I kind of would actually love this actually in print, but I know it kind of can't get it in print. He's got it as a poster. Well, no, no. I'm saying that the new scientist, all these articles about the Internet. Oh, okay. Because there's a point where I actually kind of like sitting down on the couch with a magazine and reading it. Rather than sitting here in my computer chair reading stuff online. I don't know. Dave, what are your thoughts? Magazines versus online magazines? Kindle. You had to find the loophole, didn't you? Well, it, it was kind of well, just sitting right there. My dad Kindle? got one, actually. Oh. That's, that's why I was able to come up with that so quickly. <laughs> They're pretty damn amazing, actually. Are they color or are they still just... No, it's, it's black and white. Okay. You but, just read a book on it, Andy. Why would you need it in color? Well, because you could do magazines. You yeah. could do newspapers. Well, yeah, newspapers are typically in black and white too, except for the front page. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, but I'm saying like magazine articles would be. It would be. I I would love it more if it could do that jump. Yep. If I could get it's everything. The guide to the, it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's all the Kindle is. It is. It really is. And you know what? It's pretty cool because it is. <sighs> God, I feel so old-fashioned sometimes. I still watch the evening news. I get magazines in the mail. Yeah, you're you're old. What can I say? God, I feel like I'm 40. Uh, not quite that old. Andy, what are you using to record right now? A headset. Connected to? A USB port. All right. <laughs> Do you know what USB stands for, Andy? Yes. Okay. You don't get to feel that old. There are people in the tech industry who are in their 40s. Yeah, there are people in the tech industry who are in their 60s. Yeah, so... Who are still on top of it, actually, who are, like, really into it. But you know what? You're not there. And then there's people like my dad, who uh, his work gave him a one-terabyte hard drive, four-gigabyte RAM uh, laptop for work. And uh, he asked me to take out the hard drive. And when I take it out, he goes, okay, I can just destroy the electrical uh, board uh, to get rid of the information, right? Wow. Not, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John, did uh, I ever tell you about my mom? Oh, God. <laughs> Another time. Another time. Just, just two quick things. One, my mom doesn't know how to answer her voicemail on her cell phone. So I, if I call her, I have to have her pick up. Otherwise, I can't get a hold of her. And two, when she first started getting into email, she wanted to print out every single email. I think I heard these on your podcast, but I think I might have you beat. I had to have an hour-long conversation walking my dad through how to use a flash drive. I had to print out instructions for my mom how to use the TiVo. 
because she had to keep on referring back to it. I got sick of her calling, so we had to we had to write instructions down. But typically, how long do you think it would take to tell someone how to use a, fa- a flash drive? Well, they have no Since idea what it is. You first mentioned that I've been trying to think of how basic I could make the instructions, and I think I can get it maybe up to 10 minutes. Plug in the USB flash drive, open up the file that you need, open up the, the USB flash drive folder, drag and drop. Yeah, it would be hard to get it much longer than that. I'm going to go home this weekend. I've got a flash drive. I've got a laptop. We'll you, see. Try to expl- you should record you trying to explain this to your mother. I could. I'll just leave my headset on the table next to the laptop <laughs> and then just see how long it would take to explain to me. Well, all right, what, what do we want my mom to do with this file? Move a file onto the flash drive. Move a file onto the flash drive? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I, so I, Google I, I will, granted, I will, I will say this. I will say this. The flash drive that my dad got was one of those weird, goofy flash drives that had a video game file already embedded in it. Mm. So he thought he needed to click on that file to open up the flash drive. Yeah, not, not so much. Yeah, which I didn't quite understand because I've, I've never had a flash drive that has one of those files on it. So you get some sort of goofy one. So that kind of put a little hitch in the instructions. Mm-hmm. I, don't so, know how to, I don't know how to mimic that because I don't have any of those. Can we yep. move? Uh, okay. Fine. Thank you. So, Google Goats. Googleplex in, in Mountain View. Google Goats. Have either of you ever seen the Googleplex? No. Not it in your life. huge. I'm certain it is. And they, they have fields that they need to mow, for lack of a better word. Actually, mow is a pretty good word there. So to because Google's trying to be green and happy and healthy to the environment, the whole do no evil thing, they hired goats. Oh, geez. I'm actually checking out the, oh, there's a golf course next to there, too. Huh. It's really good, you know, uh, to bring down the uh, carbon footprint of that. I mean, that's about all that really is good for. It, well, you think it, of a really I mean, high-tech company like Google, and then you think of goats. I'm yeah. I'm wondering how much it really does reduce the carbon footprint because each goat has a carbon footprint. Yeah, but it's a carbon footprint that would have already been there. True. And you, but you see, with knowing this, I'm just waiting for this to happen. Have you seen this video? No. Scotsman in, in uh, well, Scotland uh, got really bored, so they uh, tried to prove how good they were at uh, herding sheep with their dogs, and oh the video is just crazy. <laughs> It's, as soon as you said herding sheep in Scotland, all I have in my head is that'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it's, I have in my head now. It's just scenes from Babe. Yeah, the video is stupid nuts. <sighs> we'll check it out in a little bit. We'll post it, too. All right, we're getting... Let's see. I got to add... Running, the, yeah, we're right into a time crunch. 50, we're at 55. Oh, so we got we got like 10 minutes left, so... What are these last bits do you want to hit before we hit the random topic? Well, one we can do rather quickly, and that's uh, that Cupcake, which we haven't talked much about, which is version 1.5 of Android, is being released sometime over the air to T-Mobile users uh, in the next month. They should start sometime next week. They say that by the end of May. Yeah. I still need to think of more than one time I would ever need internet access on my phone. What's the one time? Um... Well, no, I've got Google 411, so that one doesn't even matter. Um, See, I just love my iPhone. I'm sorry. I just really do. I'm, I'm pretty happy with my G1. I just feel, sometimes I feel weird having a BlackBerry with no internet access, but then there's other times it's just like, 
Eh. You don't need it, no. In the same way you don't need a laptop. You could just use a desktop. But it makes things so much easier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Somebody would have to pay for my internet access for me to... Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to, but I, I, I understand that. That's a good... That's a decent position to take. It's not worth the cost. 20 bucks a month? It's, I don't see $20 worth of use out of it. Right. So, there's that, and then, oh, I don't know why I got so tired. Johnny actually brought this this next article up. Okay. And this is that the super amazingly so cool, I, I can't wait for this game to come out, Ghostbusters game. Previously was Sierra, then they got bought. By and Atari. The to, yeah, then the game went to, no, Sierra didn't get bought. No, 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 Sierra got bought by Activision. And then Sierra, the, Activision, said, Blizzard merger. Oh, yeah. The game ended up in Limbo. Atari got it. Which excited me because I'm a gigantic Atari fan. Well, the Atari that you're a fan of is not the same company that is around today. I know, but the name still exists, so (laughs) therefore I support it. Yeah, in the same way that Napster still exists. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. So uh, Atari was going to publish it. It was going to be happy. Everyone was, was excited. And they announced just yesterday or today... I can't really tell. I think it's yesterday. I don't no, know. No, today, 5609. What is what is BST? Something stand time. I don't know. Anyways, oh, yeah, May 6th anyway. So it's today. Uh, it's that, June 5th, so. Yeah. <laughs> From the future. Woo! Uh, that Sony is publishing it. Not only is Sony publishing it, but it will be published for Exclusive. the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 2, and then a couple months later on the PSP. I honestly think this is just a huge ploy for them to just slowly suck all of my money out trying to pre-order this goddamn game. I think it might be a publicity stunt and that Sony would be foolish not to just release it on all the platforms. They're the publishers. They're going to make the money either way. Oh, okay. I know what BST stands for. Sorry, I was reading the article. Sorry, British, uh, British Standard or? Uh, British Standard because they're talking about Europe over here and there's... Yeah, there's British, Burma, and Bangladesh Standard Time, and I'm guessing they're talking about Europe. I have a so feeling it's, it's British. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. If it's being reported, because I haven't seen anything in, on any American sites, is this only like is this only going to be over in Europe? In your oh Sony, okay. Thank you, Wikipedia, like a, like a, for this. Like is Sony is Sony kind of like co-publishing? Like all right, here we go. Still talking to Atari as if they're Johnny. Yeah. Um, in North America, all versions of the game are going to be published by Atari. In Europe, Sony is going to publish PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 versions and a PlayStation Portable version whenever it comes out. And Atari will publish the other versions later in the year. Okay. So this was really just, we need a way to publish this in Europe. Europe. And Sony has a rather strong hold in Europe. Yes. Let's go with them. Yes. Okay. That's not so bad. But at the same time, it leaves the question, Sony uh, Pictures Entertainment and Sony uh, Electronics, if they think they can do it for Europe, what's to stop them from doing it over here? The fact that Atari actually owns the rights? Well, also, well, Atari's going downhill. I mean, it's, this is, it's either this is going to be their, their one Their make or break. Yeah, their make or break. Or they could just say, you know, let's, let's bank it on something else and just get a bunch of money from Sony. Um, I don't know. What else does Infogrames own other than Atari? Infogrames? Yeah, Infogrames is the company that, uh... Yeah, Back in Uh, October of last year were the ones that picked it up. Rare. Who else do they own? Rare? 
they own Rare? Really? I, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I don't think they own Rare. Infogrames. Uh, they own Unreal. Uh, acquisition of Eden Games. Not much. <laughs> um, they previously had owned Civilization, but they sold that to Take-Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Infogrames doesn't own much at this point. They kind of sold off a lot of their stuff. Okay, no, Microsoft owns Rare. In March yeah. 26, 2009, Infogrames announced that it was getting out of the distribution business. Oh. Hmm. Uh, Infogrames sold 66% ownership of distribution partners to Namco Bandai. Okay, so maybe that's why they needed Sony to, to help with the, with the publishing, because Infogrames is like, okay, we're just going to be doing developing now. Yeah, I don't know. Um because they really don't. I mean, Atari doesn't do much developing. They just publish. I thought Atari was a developer instead of a publisher. Um, more publisher, I think. Because they didn't develop this game, the the Ghostbusters game. That's not developed by Atari. It was going to be published by Atari. No, I thought it was going to be developed by Atari. No. Pretty sure no. Johnny, do you know? No clue. <laughs> Wow, what a great, well-researched group we are. <laughs> Actually, uh, sorry, I was reading another article. What was the question again? Uh, whether or not Atari is the developer of the Ghostbusters game. No, uh, Terminal Reality developed it. Atari right. published it. Thank you. Andy was going on saying that Atari was, was doing a lot of publishing. Uh, a lot of developing. Yeah, no, they, I don't think Atari's a developer anymore. Yeah. I don't think they might be. Yeah, and Atari will publish the game for the other consoles later in the... Okay, so Atari's a... This world of video game development is so confusing. Yep. You know what we need? A it's, random well, topic? No. <laughs> we do need a random topic, but I was going to say, uh, we need more things... We need more developers to sign on with things like Impulse and Steam. So we don't see the get publishers? Yeah, just eliminate the publisher. Well, I mean, the way I look at it, it's the same thing about book publishing. You have the author, who's a developer, and mm-hmm. they give it out to a publishing company who Publishes. sells it, basically. Yeah, they, they do the advertising, they do the public relations, and they do the publishing. And then they rape the profits from the author. Exactly. And then you could find those online self-publishing things like Lulu and such. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, anyway, we, we need to hit a random topic. All right, uh, so we rolled the number that came up was five. All right. Which is babies and toddlers. Babies and toddlers. I'm going to have a nephew soon, or a niece. I have two nieces. I have a niece who's going to be, well, soon to be niece. It was it, When you get married, is it like niece-in-law, or is it... No, it's, it's niece. Okay. So, wait, are they, are they wanting us to, to discuss the differences between babies and toddlers, or...? I, Possibly. It it's, just says babies slash toddlers. Yeah. Now, that's because Andy just copies it and... I copy exactly what they post. Doesn't copy the whole thing. No, no. I copy exactly what they post. Okay. No more, no less, exactly what, what they post. Or That would have been so much... Um, so if anyone who listens to this podcast should learn something, explain what you mean. Yeah. Well, I think they actually leave it as general as possible to see where Andy and I go with it. But babies and toddlers. Babies and toddlers. They spit. When do you think, how early is it to get babies and toddlers into television and video games? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, oh look at that. Ooh, 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 what a, what a ooh. coup. Um, well, I, the, I guess it, it depends on the game. 
Because doesn't like some of the some of the parenting organizations say that you shouldn't have any your kids watching television before they were like two. And they just did studies showing that the baby Einstein stuff actually hinders as opposed to helps. Well, right. yeah, I could see that. It's just um, I don't know. I was watching Sesame Street when I was really little. Look, I, I'll, I'll I'll do it the same way I always do. It's the parents' choice. Yeah, the but parents want their kids to be to be brought up in video games and television. As long as they do it responsibly, they're all all for it. Right, but, but right there, that key word. What is it responsibly? Personally, what I think responsi- responsibly is is that parents sit with the kids, they explain to them what is going on, how it compares to the real world. You know, what's good, what's bad, what's true, what's not, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just basically just being there and watching your kids. And oh. if you see anything, something wrong, then you should change it or at least stop it. Now, I, I have to kind of almost argue against this because, well, I am the last of four kids. The oldest one is 10 years older than I am. So I know I'm not, a cra- I'm not like a crazy person who wants to kill everybody. I'm a nice guy. I'm a very happy person. <laughs> I grew right. up like coming home from school every day. Even like you know, back in kindergarten, we had those half days and you would come home and I would get some grilled cheese sandwiches and some tomato soup and sit down and my parents would show me Sesame Street. And then I would watch whatever my brothers are watching on TV because they, whenever they would get home from school, it's... There's a point where, yes, you, you, it's good to sit down with the kids, but then there's a point where you're not going to have too time. Tired. You're going to be way too tired. So, I don't know. It's parenting but, is weird. But yeah, but that's the thing is that yeah, you you might be too tired. So then, so then, it, unless they're you know of of teenage years, or unless you feel comfortable giving it to them, I mean, like I said, that's it's all the parents' choice. I mean, if you're too tired and you feel they're too young, then put them to sleep or unplug the TV or something like that. You know. It's it's all the I mean like my di- who got me into get you want to know who got me into my ga- into gaming my parents my parents bought the Atari twenty six hundred a Commodore sixty four and an NES when they came out and we had all three of them and I remember to this day my dad I I I'm falling asleep playing Super Mario Brothers I'd wake up four hours later my dad sitting at the edge of the couch doing the fishing trick <laughs> you know and he he my 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 dad myself and my my mom and my two sisters we grew up playing video games we grew up together playing video games and. Look at me. I mean, I'm. I might be a little out there, but I'm not insane, you know. And but he. But here's the thing: is uh, to to quantify that is my brother-in-law is a huge gamer too. Well, not as big as us, but loves playing video games. So whenever he comes up, I always bring up uh, the 360 up to my parents' house when for like Christmas time, and so we can just sit down and play and stuff like that. And I've had Bioshock, and I've had Call of Duty Four, and I've had Grand Theft Auto, and of course his nieces are in a room that's right upstairs, and both of us. We didn't have to say anything, but both of us, as soon as the nieces come down, we shut it off. We don't, we don't show them it. We don't tell them. And if for some strange reason they sneak in and they ever ask us what's going on and why, why are we doing that kind of stuff, we explain to them and say, hey, listen, you do not need to see this, but what we're doing here is, is just fantasy. It's fake. That's good. So, Man, I, I, I don't really have anything left to add. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything either. So I'd like to thank Johnny Nero. And thank you guys. Epic Default Podcast for coming on over. EpicDefault.com, where Epic is our default. You guys should listen to it because it's actually really good. Yeah. Let us all raise a glass to another hundred. Huzzah! Huzzah. Next year in Jerusalem. No, wait, wrong holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Dave, you took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) Oh. Now all I, all I need to do is just catch up with you guys. You guys, could, you guys think maybe you could take a break for about oh, two years? Yeah, two years. 
Oh, God. Never give up. Never, Never surrender. surrender.